Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tea Time with Jesse. I am Jesse, and we're here on a podcast-only episode with Angel Wheeler. And Hi, uh, Angel is our tea friend support person here at the Tea House. So this is, you know, I guess the 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 beginning, and it will pretty much be the end of a brief series that we do on the people in the Tea House because we don't have that many people that actually work for the Tea House. No. Um, so, but I thought it would be fun to be able to. Um, I was going to have tea with Angel anyway while I was here in New Jersey, and so I figured it would actually be a great time to just, um, you know, record an extra thing for you guys so you can hear a little bit about the behind the scenes of the tea house and, uh, and also hear Angel's uh, take on how she got involved with, uh, with tea and all that sort of stuff. So thanks for coming over for the podcast. Of course. <laughs> Very cool. We're making the um, the Tian uh, Jai, um, the Master Series Raw Pu'er. That's what I have in the guy one right now, and maybe in the middle of that we'll we'll switch up into another tea. But for now, this stuff is is pretty good. Um, you tried the master teas, obviously, right? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. What did you think of the master teas? Okay, so the red tea mm-hmm. I liked a lot. The only one I didn't try mm-hmm. was, I believe, the two thousand six Shou Puar. Yep. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Sheng Puar. Mm. It was a really good Sheng Puar. Mm. Um, I liked it. And I know that um, the tea resin is a bit divisive, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. Yeah. And it was a big hit with my parents. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing about the resin is like, I feel like for the for the people who um, enjoy that sort of like uh, convenience of it, it's mm-hmm. like way better than what you can get alternatively. Exactly. So it's not, but if you're like into the whole gongfu thing, like you want to sit down and enjoy your tea time and stuff like that, that's mm-hmm. not what the resin is kind of for anyway. So it's for a different type of person, someone mm-hmm. who maybe wants to have a cup of coffee in the morning, but is trying to cut down mm-hmm. on the amount of coffee that they drink, mm-hmm. or for someone who wants an upgrade mm-hmm. on whatever um, whatever they're drinking in the morning, mm-hmm. which would be like my parents. That's good. So yeah, so well, thanks again for for coming over and um, just you want to give everybody a little brief uh, uh, sort of self introduction, who you are, kind of how you how you came to the tea house. Uh, I am Angel Wheeler, mm. or, well Angelica Wheeler. If mm. you if you've ever gotten the misfortune of having an email sent to you mm. that saying that your package has been delayed, that's me. Mm. Um, but no, for real, I do love talking with everyone behind the scenes i like i'm more of a quiet person Mm -hmm. so i enjoy that you have Mm. the spotlight and you have everyone is coming here for you and (laughs) i get to fix the small problems behind the scenes good well i definitely appreciate it it was one of the um i mean i remember when i started the tea house it was one of those things and people are like what are you going to do about customer service and i was Mm. like well we need customers before we have that problem (laughs) so i was like that was definitely one of those solve it later problems. In the beginning, mm-hmm. I did do all the emails and all that stuff, but it was it, it, it very quickly kind of got to the point where I was like, I could keep doing it, but there's definitely other stuff that I could keep doing, and eventually I'll need to find somebody anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I believe you were you contacted me first through Discord, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I bought one of your first boxes nice. of tea and the um, from the pre-order from the pre-order with the watching you package everything. Yep. How and long did you wait for that? Probably like three months oh, or something. Oh, like, yeah, three four <laughs> months. But it was fine. I wasn't in a rush. Yeah. And to uh, to get just the guy one because I mm. I study oh, why am mm. I forgetting the word the I study ancient textile production. Mm. So textile history is very big to me and. China has some of the oldest extant pieces that have been dug up out of the ground, you know. And so much of that led me into Chinese history, and then Chinese history is intertwined with silk and tea. Yep. Um, and then, uh, what was it? Uh, initially, I was watching Yangshi Palace, yep. and the everyone drinks out of Gaiwans. Yep. And I saw you had a guy one, and it was the first time I'd ever seen it outside of the TV show. So You're like, I was they like, are real. Yes! They do exist. And I can buy one? You can so, just buy one, as it So I bought out. your travel set. That's great. Awesome. And then, you know, how did you, how did you like the travel set? Oh, I or loved t- it. I mean, I'm, we're using it right here. You guys mm-hmm. can't see. But I, I actually do literally bring the travel set around. I think one of the, the key things that I learned early on about being a tea person was... Uh, uh, I had a, another tea person told me this, and at the time I was just like, oh, that's like, you know, of course. But now, really, as a tea person, I really uh, understand it. They're like, you have a choice if you're going to be a tea person. 
you have to drink the tea you're selling. So you could drink good tea or you could drink bad tea. Mm. So they're like, you can't really sell bad tea and then drink good tea yourself because everyone's going to see all the pictures and the videos that you take. Like, you can't be like drinking one thing yourself and then drink another one. You know, same with the tea equipment. Like, you know, you can't be using one tea set yourself and then, you Mm. know, have another one up on the shop. And so I really liked this travel set. I looked at a lot of different travel sets. And in some ways, I was actually looking at travel sets for years before we actually picked these because I would go to the tea market and I saw these travel sets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I always, in the back of my mind, I was like, which one would I use yeah. if I actually had to travel around? So um, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that people have been enjoying the classic set. And we, we keep restocking them because oh, they, yeah, yeah. they sell out and then people, people want more of them. And it's just a really basic guy one set. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know. I, dab- I absolutely, I use a smaller table when I'm home mm-hmm. because I... Now I just drink with a guy one and a cup. Mm-hmm. I don't because I don't want to have to deal Do with, with extra all the extra stuff. <laughs> well, the, next year one of my plans is I want to come out with what they call gumpal, uh, dry steeping. It's like a it's it's not new per se, but it's kind of become more popular. It was something that was not that popular back when I was living in China, and when I came back this time, a lot of people were doing it. Basically, mm-hmm. you have you have a tea board, but it doesn't have a, it doesn't have like the slits and the, like you're not get your, the goal is not to pour any water on the board, Okay. but you have a board that will hold a gaiwan, a pitcher and a cup. And then you have a bowl outside of the board. That's just kind of like a big bowl for, for your discard tea. Yeah. Discard. I have one. Yeah. And so basically you just, you're do what you say, like instead of pouring all over the board and having to clean everything up, mm. the first wash is going to be washed into the pitcher, into the cup, and then released into the, into the like discard bowl. Mm. And then you basically have this setup where you can make tea in the gongfu style, but without any spillage. Um, mm. And so that's kind of a more, I don't want to say practical. It depends on your style. I don't think it's any more or less practical than having to clean it, but there is cl- less cleanup. Yeah. If you do it that way, because in the end, everything is in the bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, maybe we could look to get some of those dry, dry steeping uh, sets onto the site. I think that would um, be a great idea. I think it's, and one of the things that I really appreciate about, um, just about our company, you know, mm. is that tea is very personal there is mm. no oh you're doing this right you're doing this wrong there's yeah. no there's no pretentious yeah of like oh i only get the best tea i only have the yeah. best stuff it's like i, yeah, I find a lot of the western tea people kind of fall into that trap like you know mm-hmm. there's i i wasn't that aware of what was going on in the western tea world before i came back for covid you yeah, know yeah. Uh, exile uh you know uh forced exile mm-hmm. um but then when I came back here and I started sharing tea with some of my friends, they were like, yeah, a lot of the people in the States, they kind of are like yogis or whatever, kind of yeah. like, like, um, and I was like, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But most of these people I'm guessing are not like true tea masters, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like anything that's making people feel like they're doing it wrong is not helping people enjoy their tea. Or helping know? people to get to know true tea culture. Yeah. Because if... If you're like, I like, I like how it's called grandpa style, where yeah. you just have the leaves in the mug, you sift it with your teeth, mm-hmm. because that's everything, everything that I like to do in my life, the way that I do it is, how mm-hmm. do I just get this as easy as possible? Yeah. Not as, not like lazy or anything, Sure. but well, there's like, I mean, it's everybody. How do I enjoy this without extra steps? Everybody has their own aesthetic. So it's always mm. fun. And that's one of the fun things about, um, that I've really enjoyed. You've done a lot of work with our Discord server and mm-hmm. like helping manage Discord server and then eventually getting mods to help manage Discord server. But I just love going on the Discord server and seeing what people are doing with our sets because yeah. like not everybody uses it the same way I do, mm-hmm. which is to, which is good. It means that they're adapting it to the way they would actually drink tea. There's no point in having like a beautiful tea set if you like don't want to be the person with a tea set on your living room table mm-hmm. and so instead you just put it in the box and you leave it there and you take it out once a year like that's that's no good mm. so like you know there are people that do whatever the hell they want with our with our stuff and that's actually a good thing <laughs> i love answering those questions of am i doing it wrong and it's like as yeah. long as you're not burning the tea and even like if you like that bitter taste yeah. absolutely go ahead yeah it's like am i doing this wrong i'm like not pouring out the first wash. I like to drink it. Like, mm. Go ahead. That's fun. So, so 
uh, I want to go back and kind of, um, it's, it seems like a good chance to reminisce about the early days of the, of the tea company. Oh, yeah. Um, so you first, how did you first see um, uh, the, the, the videos? I guess you saw the videos first, right? Yeah, just, um, I think like a lot of people my age tried to like not download TikTok for the longest time. And then like yeah. I, I finally did. And I just found that your um your feed is what you make it so it's not this like oh it's it's terrible it's yeah. just feeding you if like, you're getting whatever. fed junk it means your junk it's no, <laughs> no that's what it, no that's it's because it, you're no, like no. liking things you're making yeah, your yeah, own yeah. it's who you follow and then you popped up yeah and i had already had an interest in chinese history and that had to do with tea and everything um so your videos were very interesting. You just came back from China. You knew what it was like. And there's mm. so little information here mm. about China. So I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so cool. And, of course, I think, like, a lot of your customers, we just wanted to try what you were trying in the video. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I was, I was, I mean, I was definitely happy when I started making the tea videos and people were like, where can I try that? Because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe if this, if people actually start watching this channel, I would have the chance to start, like, you know, a, a tea company, per se. Mm. But the... um but like it's it's I'm very glad that that came across on the screen because it wasn't clear to me when I started making the videos whether it would like mm -hmm. it's maybe people are just like oh I don't know what that is I don't really care they're, they're using weird equipment to make it I just, nah, next mm -hmm. you know and I'm sure some people still do that but there were definitely people on the other side that maybe from Yanxi Palace or whatever <laughs> you're like you know the you know I got the I got the Yanxi Palace uh, fandom locked right. <laughs> I know are there are there more of us please if I'm you sure like Yanxi Palace like, let a, me know I'm yeah I'm looking for friends. Yeah, I have watch parties. Um, but um, but it's a lot of those yeah. shows have the guy ones. Yeah, and and it's um, it's also interesting because the uh, the the Yanxi Palace is Qing Dynasty, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Qing Dynasty was the last dynasty before the fall of the dynasties, mm -hmm. and they were actually Manchu. So they came yeah. from Manchuria into Beijing from the north, and basically took over the government and became eventually became Chinese, but they sort of adopted the Chinese tea as um, like in their own way. And so one of those, I believe, was drinking from the Gaiwan, mm -hmm. whereas in the, the, the Gongfu tea and you see in the video, usually I'll have a pitcher and a filter and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but I will say that I have gone to occasional, you know, not anything high level, but just like, you know, whatever, uh, like a like a like academic conference or stuff like that in China, mm. and um, in the same way here you might have like you know a side table with coffee or something like that. Mm -hmm. In like a formal conference in China, they'll have a gaiwan full of a couple green tea leaves, and then they'll have people coming over with hot water to give you like refills and stuff like that. So cool. And I'm like, this is like really cool because it's like it's not palatial, <laughs> yeah, but it is effectively kind of a similar thing. Like mm. you know they're. Um, I always like it when there's ways of, of, of like, you know, living in Asia to see like, oh, they're going to do this their way. Yeah, this will be a Western style academic conference, mm. but they're going to have the refreshments in the way they want to have the refreshments. <laughs> and I think, I think also they drank water out of the Gaiwans. Mm. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about the Gaiwans also from a historical perspective is because they were everyday use items, a lot of them survived. Yeah. They're not like rare, like, you know, vases or anything like that, that like you only occasionally find one. And so that was why I had a friend, my friend um, Yun Ching, who does a lot of our poor teas, um, does the music among song, the, the, uh, the, the our tea oranges, mm. uh, a lot of our teas. Uh, he gave me a, a old Gaiwan from the Daoguang era, the Qing Dynasty, eight, 1820 to 1850, somewhere in there, of like the of the old Gaiwan. I was like, oh my God, like this must mm. be incredibly rare. He's like, no, they have a lot of them. Like, I mean. No, it's, it, it's still. Yeah, like, it it's... still feels really rare. I think for him, there are a lot of them. For me, yeah. there are not a lot. Mm. And, and in an absolute amount, you know, compared to the amount of stuff that's produced now, there's not a lot. But, yeah, um, it's still, it's still amazing, even if. Even if there's like a couple hundred and not like three, yeah, yeah, that's still amazing. But it's it's a sort of thing where like um, because they were household items, like everybody had gaiwans around the house. And, mm. and for those of you who are listening, I really should have said at the beginning. If you don't know what the gaiwan is, the gaiwan is the lidded cup that you use to make the tea. So if you see my videos, I have this vessel that's like a bowl cup type thing, and then you strain through the uh, through the lid. Uh, guy guy is, is lid one is is bowl or cup. So gaiwan is lidded cup. And um, it's the it's the main tea brewing instrument. 
Uh, so the um, so you kind of had this base interest in in Chinese textiles, Chinese culture, maybe some porcelain, yeah. you know, and then and then you saw the tea, and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna. Uh, what what made you like you know pull the trigger and actually be one of those very first supporters to buy the uh, the sampler pack? Uh, I think you were just at the you were at the apex of all of my interests <laughs> because you you hit the nail on the head like Chinese history tea porcelain. I come from a background of antique dealers mm. and they they specialized in porcelain. Oh, cool. So. So that um, was your thing. So getting yeah. so also getting a piece of porcelain from China was just cool, even if even yeah. if it's something that you yeah. like. Some porcelain comes yeah. from China anyway. Um, it, I don't know. It was cool. You were captivating. I enjoyed the videos, and it was a good price for. Yeah. Because my number one fear was like I was going to be like people would like the videos, but then like it is a weird transition to say like you know I'm actually going to send this person money and really hope they send me something because you know it's I wasn't oh, yeah, pretending I suppose, to be but like I don't know it didn't it didn't look like it didn't look like a scam it didn't maybe that's look what, like... I, what I was worried about because I okay. I know I wasn't a scam yes but like the you know on the internet there's a lot of wacky stuff on there and so and also like it could be just like I'm not trying to scam people but just like couldn't pull it off because like some mm -hmm. people are like oh I'll I'll make you this whatever this original work or I'll make you this. Uh, you know, I'll make you a belt out of leather, and then like life mm -hmm. gets in the way, and they just don't ever make yeah, it. <laughs> you yeah, you know. Um, so, in that sense, it was actually good that the pandemic happened and destroyed all the other things that I used to do with my time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I actually did have the time to figure it out. And um, what did you do? You remember uh, getting that first sampler? What was it like when yes, you got I the do. first sampler? In the I mail? stole the box. Oh, with nice. all of you had all of the fake green paper grass oh, in it. Oh yes, I love it. I still have that. I still have that box. Actually, I, it keeps my laptop yeah. up off the desk a little bit. Perfect. Still doing work. Yeah, it after is. After all these it's, years, it's still working. It's working for the tea house. There now. we. Oh damn! This is good. That, my computer up. that box was the best investment we ever made. <laughs> um, with the sticker and everything, I remember I was waiting when I saw the shipment because I wasn't worried that it was going to take a while because I knew it was a startup. It was, yeah. And if I lost forty bucks, then yeah. eh. But. Then it said it shipped, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I'm wait waiting, outside my, I'm waiting <laughs> outside my window. I'm getting tea from China. That's so cool. Mm. And that actually made me look up other tea companies mm -hmm. as well. Um, but let's see. I opened up the box, and I think I, I think I waited until my husband came home from work to mm -hmm. open it because I wanted him to see it. Uh, smelled the oranges. Mm -hmm. Those were really cool. Let's see. What was in it? It was the the Chimen red tea. Yep. The poor oranges, yep. the raw, the raw poor, and then the white tea balls. Yep. I immediately got addicted to the white tea balls. White tea balls, good. I have been buying those. Yeah. <laughs> consistently. Those I've... those are really good. I I feel like white tea is just really slept on in America. I feel like it really it fits yeah. everybody's taste here. It's really good. It's like sweet. It has. It's just like good flavor. And I don't know why people don't drink it. It's just like it. It's just not. Here I don't know yet. that they know it. Yeah, because yeah. like. Like, I had heard white tea a little bit, but it was always mixed with something. Mm. But it's light and refreshing in the way that, I don't know, I like white tea hot and I like green tea cold. Mm. That's just, and that is the just a person, that's just a personal thing. Um, but it has like that light medicinal flavor that I grew up with, like a lot of my mom brewing like kefir mm. and all that jazz. So having that light medicinal flavor is like something that I really like. Some people may not. I was always looking for that, the word to describe it because in, in Chinese they call it like zhong yao wer or yao wer, but uh, that literally means like Chinese medicine flavor. Yeah, um, and that is kind of what, yeah. it, exactly. And then I remember one time it's, I- It's I, herbal. I said that, yeah, it's herbal. And then I remember one time I, I, I said like, oh, it has a Chinese medicine flavor. Mm. And then somebody commented it's like you can't just say it tastes like all chinese medicine there's like many types of chinese medicine i'm like you're right but but i don't know a better word for it there's because, still a profile like yeah. there's still like it's a vibe it's yeah. more of it's more of the vibe the of the it's flavor vibe of the flavor yeah. <laughs> it's all good vibes so the um and then later you joined us doing customer service and um what did you think when you sent, uh, I think you sent me a resume, didn't you? I sent you, I sent you a DM with yeah. my resume. And there I remember go. thinking, man, this is such a long shot, but this <laughs> actually worked. This would be the coolest job ever. Hey, has it been the coolest job ever? It has been one of the coolest jobs ever. Nice and job. I have had, 
I have had a lot of jobs mm. and I can honestly say and to viewers this mm. is this is a very fun job and mm. he's a very good boss. Oh, thank you so much. You're well, right. I was going to say what's the hardest part about working with me? Um, yeah, and you're not going to get fired. <laughs> you have ADHD. It's hard to pin oh, me down. It is hard to pin me down. That is definitely true. I, 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 have a, I have a bad habit, which is that, like, you know, it, it always gets like this when you, when, when, you're, when you get to the top of projects. Like, I remember at the beginning of my career when I'm at the bottom of projects. Like, mm -hmm. you kind of can't afford to have your personal failings affect the project. You mm -hmm. have to cover up for them. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the top, you can kind of sometimes go like, okay, just like come back to me on that. And then like, I'm going to get distracted. Now it's kind of like your job to come back to me and figure it out. And I, I try not to do that because I know it's really annoying. Um, but, I you would know. <laughs> a million times over prefer a kind boss who's, mm. who's got too many ideas in their head than one who is just extremely critical and not good with customers. Because yeah. like you've seen, some people comment about the customer servicing. Like yeah. it's really yeah. great. Our customer service is great because of how you've set up, how you want people to be happy. You're mm. not like, I am just a reflection of your company and what you want me to say. Mm. I just word it for you. Well, you do the work. I mean, like, well, yeah, I do no, the don't work. sell yourself short. No, you I know. do the work. But like, if you said, hey, if someone's package goes, goes yeah. missing, we do nothing. Yeah. Like, all right, we do nothing. That's yeah. the company policy. But you are very frequent with yeah. giving out gift cards and making sure people are happy and having a good experience that makes yeah. my job yeah it makes it easier so much easier well it's also I can be kind yeah it, it's also just like this is like the in some ways the real innovation that i'm trying to bring to the tea world in the states is like the idea of the tea guy mm. and in china when you go you know my first experience having tea was at the wholesale tea market and at the wholesale tea market there's a thousand shops in in one place like you know, there's many places to get tea. How do you pick the right one? How do you know you're getting the good tea? How do you know you're getting a good deal? Mm. You have to have a personal relationship with the person you're with. And, and a lot of my personal relationships started by walking into a tea room and then just seeing if I vibe with somebody. If I sat down and they're like not interested in talking and they're not interested in me and I'm not interested in mm. them, you know, thank you. And then you leave and you go somewhere else. Mm. Um, but for the people that you have that vibe with, um, it very quickly becomes about the relationship and you build trust. And then when you have trust, that allows me to do what I did to start this company, which is I went to those people I trusted and I said, hey, here's the price point I think Americans will, you know, be able to afford. I didn't do any sophisticated market research. I just like was like, I think this is about right. Over mm -hmm. that, it seems ridiculous. Under that, I'm not sure I can get the tea of the quality I know that I want. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that trust, it just all kind of works out. And so the goal of the tea guy is to be like, you know, build that long-term relationship. And so it's not about like, oh, like, you know, if FedEx loses a package or something like that, or if we have like a damaged tea pet, we'll just send another one. Mm -hmm. You know, we even sent, we had a Bluestone tea table that broke. Those are $168. So somebody broke in, in England. We had to pay like $100 oh, in shipping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we paid like $100 in shipping to replace this guy's tea table. But the concept is, it's just like, it makes everything much easier, I think, from a from a brand and customer service perspective yeah. to say like, our goal is just to try to make them happy. And then unless you're a real asshole, and we have had a couple people that have been real yeah, assholes, but, but not many. but it's so much less than, that, yeah. than every other customer service yeah. job I've had. Yeah, is that true? We have a lot less asshole customers? So much less, That's like shockingly know. less. That's good to know. I think part of that may be just like, maybe it's a tea person thing, but I think it's also maybe just like, uh, like, you know, as you said, like the vibe from the channel kind of comes through. Like, if mm -hmm. you're an asshole, you're probably not watching my videos repeatedly and trying to chill out watching tea videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people are, um, they're into the tea for different reasons, whether it's that meditative experience mm -hmm. or whether it's that daily driver. You just want your cup of tea every day and you want to look to upgrade yep. your tea experience so you have like a thermos with a, um, what is that? Infuser. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I think that the um, the types of people who have been coming to the the site have been generally like really good people. Like I haven't mm -hmm. felt a lot of pressure uh, from the. I mean, I put pressure on myself to be good at my job, but I have mm -hmm. the. We get customer emails even sometimes where like stuff broke in transit and people are like, I really love the set, but like, I, and I'm not angry at all, but like mm -hmm. one piece got chipped and I'm like, dude, we'll replace it for you. Like you did. Like they're very very nice. So like you know, for you guys listening, cheers. 
Uh, pour pour one out on the tea pets for you guys. There we go. Also, um, I want to. <laughs> this is this is a little bit of customer service uh, behind the scenes. If you guys are like, and this is any customer service job. This is mm. every customer service job I've ever worked. If you mm. come up and you have a problem and you come to customer service with that problem and you're nice, yeah. oh, we will bend over yeah. backwards to fix it yeah. for you. It's actually in your help to not be like angry about it because sometimes people kind of think like, oh. In order to break through the clutter, I need to be aggressive about things. Yeah, and it's not. I'll just turn into my HR, yeah. my HR persona, yep. and then just like, not not so good. Like I'll still fix. No, I'll still fix the problem, but it's like you know. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my computer, feeling like, <laughs> like like hurt a little bit. So yeah. I'm just, I'm gonna do my job. I'm not gonna. You know what? And bend I think, over backwards. And I wonder whether out. this is true. I mean, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. Do you mm -hmm. think that people are just so frustrated by first in, in most places having to fight through a layer of ai mm -hmm. then a layer of chatbots mm -hmm. then maybe a customer call person in india or pakistan or the philippines somewhere yeah and then like they just feel like it's going to be a war when they go into the customer service yeah <laughs> no i it's it's definitely like there's some systemic issues mm. that are making it so that yeah you feel like you have to be you feel like you have to be mean. I try to call like Walmart's customer service and to get to a human being is it's hard. Is hard. I think like the, it's, it's, uh, it is one of those weird things. Like, you know, there are so many different industries with so many types of customers. Like it's, it's surprising to me that like most customer service feels bad. Like I'd say like yeah. most times you're like, you're, you're like not really enjoying the process. And so I always get very happy when I see people are happy with the customer service because it's like, that's a big thing, not just from a business perspective, but it's like, we're a tea company. We want you to be like chill and enjoying your time. Yeah. Like we don't want you to feel like you're fighting your tea company. And the, <laughs> like the people in customer service in other jobs, they're not happy about it either. They yeah. never want to, to exactly answer you that hey we can't give you this gift card yeah. we can't fix this problem but it's always the it's always the people higher yeah. up who are like well i don't have to deal with the angry people i'm setting this yeah just like the I'm problems go role. to someone else mm -hmm. yeah like um it, and that's definitely something i mean in the earlier days we actually we had some of those problems and then we eventually did find like systematic ways of of solving them mm -hmm. figuring out better ways of like dealing with if packages were lost or stuff like that mm -hmm. because i had no e-commerce experience before I started this this uh, the the tea company I was just like a tea guy I was really actually it was and continued to be more of a comedian than anything yeah else. I was gonna I'm say like I'm a comedian, comedian and like entertainer and used to doing like live performances and so when it comes to like dealing with customers and shipping like I just didn't even know how it it's, worked it's a whole different world it's a very different world and so um, you know it was one of those things where like you know I didn't know that if like FedEx loses your package, they just tell everybody to contact the seller. Like, which is like, which, we don't have any recourse. We don't have anything. Like, you know, that's like, it sounds very official, but it's like, well, they lost the package. Yeah. I, I got it here all the way from China safely mm -hmm. and sent it out, it, like, you know, within two days of when it was going out and then they lose the package and then they're like, oh yeah, just just call the call the seller. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> the biggest the biggest antagonist with my job would have to be the the shipping companies yeah. because I will sit on the phone with them day and night trying mm -hmm. to find a package and it's just like, oh, sorry. It's yeah. like once we hand over, I feel bad telling customers this, but once mm -hmm. we hand over your tea yeah. to a shipping company, I have no. Yeah, we can't go to the truck and check. Like, I have you know, no we have recourse. To, we have to rely on them. So we, I, I will say though that given the amount of packages that go out, they do a pretty good job, but it's like, it's like anything else. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's flawed. So it's always useful to have, you know, people to be able to talk to. And so mm -hmm. that always makes, especially when we have customers that had challenges and then they come back after the challenges even happier, then they're like, oh, this is great. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's, a, it's a big deal. And I think it's more than worth, you know, keeping our customer service in the United States with people that like, especially you, because you know tea, which is even better. Now I do, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I guess let's take a, a really quick break because we're right here at almost a half an hour of the podcast. We're going to do another half hour. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, tea and about, um, you know, about behind the team tea, uh, scenes tea time stuff. All right. Uh, and um, I'm Jesse. And I am Angel. And we'll be right back.
Hello, everybody. We are back. Uh, Jesse. And Angel. Uh, here. So uh, if you're just joining in now, although I can't really know how you could be, uh, but Angel does our <laughs> customer support, has been with the Teak House pretty much since the beginning, pretty close to the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think we've been running maybe half a year a year at the point you came in. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we're switching up teas. We're going to be drinking now. This is called the Black Beauty uh, Raw Puar. This is, for, again, from Sister Eyes Farm. And this is the the high-grade stuff, the high-grade okay. stuff. So this, I don't want to give specific numbers, but this, by weight, is five times what we paid for our Master Box teas. Okay. So <laughs> it's good for good for special occasions. And, you know, meeting up with uh, is actually a special occasion because, you know, it's all a digital company. We live all over the world. Yeah. And so it's always fun whenever I hit the, the New York area, get to hang out with uh, with Angel a bit and have some tea. So. Actually, that's a good thing we talk about is uh, your Chinese lessons. Oh. <laughs> so, we, so, um, so Angel came up to me once and she was like, I want to sign up for this Chinese class. Do you think it's a good class? And that's a hard question to answer because I haven't taken the classes, you know, yeah, with uh -huh. other teachers. But I said, the best way to learn Chinese is you have a private tutor. Like, I can find you a private tutor. That was, that uh, was such a <laughs> shocking phone call. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Because I, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate to get excellent Chinese education uh, mm -hmm. throughout my life, uh, both at college and then I had fellowships, the Fulbright Fellowship, Blakemore Fellowship. I studied at um, IUP at Tsinghua University. Mm -hmm. I studied at a lot of great places. And the end result of all of that knowledge is that one-on-one uh, -on -one or small class study is the best you can do. Mm. Um, and by the way, take a look at the tea that color here. That is so much darker. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And this is, uh, and this is um, not particularly long-aged either. It's just really damn good. <laughs> um, so, and so, yeah. And so what did you think when I was like, oh, you should do like private Chinese classes? <laughs> oh, I hung up the phone and I was just beaming. I was so oh, yeah. excited. It's fun, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So the, um, and so we found a, uh, a teacher, and so you took how many classes? Like so, uh, I believe it was twenty classes with Xie Lao Shi. Yep. And uh, it was with Integrated Chinese Part One. Mm -hmm. So I got the textbook and the workbook, and we did two to three. That is so much tea. Oh my goodness. It's a lot. Uh, we did two to three classes a week, mm -hmm. depending on like sometimes sometimes she was busy, sometimes I was busy, and it was usually it was ten a.m my time 10 p.m. her time mm. and then the uh, uh, and then do you feel like your your Chinese improved over the 20 classes so so much because I had been like self-learning mm. myself Chinese is a hard language the past to teach yourself. year yeah it's like it's one of these things where it's like it seems weird but like you know the doing it right and having a good tutor and having a way of going about it and doing it in your own way, you mm -hmm. can learn five, 10, 15 times faster. So like. much faster. <laughs> I can uh, hold conversations, horrible stilted conversations, but understandable conversations. Which is a big accomplishment for Chinese. It's not like, you, it's like, you know, I also studied some Spanish in, in high school and you can kind of stumble through with some bad cognates and, yeah. and like, you know, figure out things. But in Chinese, it's like, if you're wrong, you're very wrong. And mm. like you, and if you can't understand it, you really can't understand it. Yeah. Um, so that's not a small accomplishment. Cheers. Here's the, uh, the second tea, the Black Beauty. Mm. Oh, so good. Very nice. It's it's um it's almost like so smooth you wouldn't even think it's a shampoo. Yeah, I was it's, I'm it's, trying normally they're quite similar, like different shampoo yeah. is similar, but then you can like feel the differences. This is this feels like an entirely different tea. Yeah, it almost feels to me like a mat like almost like 50% shung, 25% red, 25% white. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's got a little, and you know, this all comes back to the fact that like a lot of these classifications, you know, the farmers were just picking the tea. Mm -hmm. You know, the farmers would pick what was there and they'd process it in the way that they thought tastes best. And like, there's a lot of, it's funny, a lot of these distinctions about, oh, this is this, this is this. Use this much water for this size guy one. Mm. A lot of that, in my mind, is really a city thing. When you get into the cities and people have the time and the energy and, you know, the they don't have to work mm. and they have time <laughs> to, like, you know, sit down and think about tea all day, mm. they come up with these distinctions. And then when you go to the countryside where the where the tea people are, they care just as much about the tea, but they're not... A, 
they're not like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems more, at least from what I've yeah. seen, it's this is how I brew it because this is how I like it. Yeah. This is how it tastes good. Yeah. And so uh, this, is, this is a very nice one. Mm. I'll give you a little bag of this to take home as with, oh, with you as well. You. Mm. So, yeah, so you're taking the Chinese lessons. And what's it like taking the, the uh, like, one-on-one -on -one Chinese lessons? Um, very fun. It was also just, it was just a busy time because I would do classes. I would start, I would get up at, uh, like, 8 a.m. and then kind of, like, toddle around, get dressed, brush my teeth and mm. everything, um, have class, and then do emails, mm. like, do work and stuff. Um, so it was very busy doing three of those classes mm -hmm. a week, but you just learned so fast. It felt like yeah. you were cramming your head. Yeah. I, I mean, I had headaches. that. So when I did my intensive Chinese classes, study abroad, I had mm -hmm. four hours of that a day, that and, is which insane. is nuts. And mm -hmm. then I had four hours of homework. So whatever homework you had to do, I had to do four times. Mm. And then the next day I came in and we would have a pop quiz on whatever the 60 to 100 characters that were involved in that lesson. Mm -hmm. And then you had to be able to write them, like they would say the word, and you had to write the character from the, uh, from the lesson. It was, it was pretty intense. But, you know, this is the, there is no real shortcut to learning a language like Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, there are techniques that will make it more tolerable. <laughs> Um, and obviously having great teachers help, but, um, but it, it, yeah, having that sort of head blown up feeling is, is totally normal. <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like it, uh, it's also, it's just easier to learn if you don't have a family to take care of, oh, yeah. like a house and also a job. So yeah. like definitely when you're younger, when you're yeah. in school. If you can find time to study it intensively, like you'll get more out of say, like if you have like a mm -hmm. summer break or whatever, if people have a summer break or even... Yeah. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm in between jobs. I'm like, great. That's actually, that's, that's a good, the perfect time. that's a good time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you hit it hard now, you could really build a skill. Um, mm -hmm. If you do an, if you do like, you know, whatever, 20 minutes a day on an app, it's not really clear to me how much that's going to help you. I think yeah. if you speak some already, the 20 minutes a day will help you not lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, it's going to be hard to learn a language like Chinese like that. I had a, I had a conversation with a, Chinese teacher recently, and apparently they have what they call level four languages. There's level one, level two, level three, level four. Oh, okay. So these are ranked in, in order of difficulty for how long it takes a native English speaker to get, um, to get fluent in the language. Okay. And level one is the easiest, and Chinese is a level four language, which yeah. is the hardest. Although, you know what? <laughs> so uh, my dad knows a lot of languages. Mm. So I've been aware of a lot of languages. Mm. I don't unfortunately mm. speak more than mine but um i don't know chinese does not seem like the most difficult language to me i think that there are elements of it that are actually surprisingly easy the grammar is there's, very forgiving yes there's no conjugating no conjugation um frequently there, no plurals yeah frequently no pur plural um and also there are many ways of saying the sentence pretty much the way you want to say it you can move around a lot of the word order mm -hmm. and it can still be understandable by the way look at the color of this that, Isn't that yeah amazing? That, that turned into a red tea color it's like it looks like a red tea but it's um it's totally clear absolutely love this tea i'm thinking of maybe doing like a rare tea sampler like so we can I give people like 10 idea. grams of this yeah. like because it'll be it won't come out to literally five times the cost even if the even if the leaves are five times as much because yeah, the shipping yeah. is the same cost blah 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 um but like i'd love to have like an uh like a, a rare tea sampler like that i actually was gonna try to get some of this but um sister i gave me a small bag of 23 year aged uh shang tea from the mountain oh, um, okay so 23 year aged ancient tree shung puar from the mountain really really good tea yeah. um, that, that might that might be in the in the uh, rare box along with that 30-year white tea mm. i want to try that one yeah when i saw that in the yeah, video well if you're ever in la um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the um so yeah so that's that's definitely um on the list of things to do so yeah but what do you feel like you gain from learning chinese um in that in that uh in that tutoring environment um in that environment or as a whole? Just, well, just as a whole, language. like what is China, what has learning Chinese been to you? Because, you know, you work for now for the tea company, mm -hmm. but your daily job is not in communicating in Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, what do you feel like you've gotten out of it? Um, 
just there's an in, there's an entirely other world of information that I can't access. Like <laughs> so, Xie Lao Xie asked yeah. me what my purpose for learning Chinese was, and I'm like, there are so many books yeah. that I cannot get a hold of yep. about, say, like Suzhou embroidery, cut silk techniques of what is it, mm -hmm. Guangzhou, I yeah. believe. Um, there, where there is just, there is no information. Yeah. There is one YouTube video of someone who did like a quick eight minute thing in China on every single type. And I am just like, there's so much information yeah. that I want. So reading, reading is my goal. Mm. Like and that's I, a good, that's like more doable than, than people might think. Like, you know, reading is something like conversation is very difficult unless you're in the language environment, mm -hmm. but being able to read and comprehend um, it's possible to get to a fairly high level of that, even if you're not in the language environment, yeah. which is which is pretty cool. Also, one of the benefits, this is like one of the really cool benefits of China being a character-based language, is that you can read stuff that was written 2,000 years ago. Yeah. The grammar and some archaic characters will change, mm -hmm. but like in English, like once you get to Middle English, like you yeah, can't, you kinda, can't speak difficult. Middle English. You, know, you read Chaucer, and like if you try to read Chaucer, unless you're very well educated, yeah, unless you, you, that is what you're studying. Yeah, it's pretty hard, and that's only I want to say whatever 500, 600 years. You know, mm. Shakespeare is hard for people, mm. and like you know, and Shakespeare has the benefit of literally changing our language to sound like Shakespeare because it's yeah. so popular. <laughs> but um, but like in in the character languages, you can go back and you can get even if not a full understanding, a very good understanding because the characters have not changed in the same way that, um, that you know, phonetic, you mm -hmm. know, sound-based writing has changed. Is there, is there terribly much difference because since it changed from traditional to simplified in the oh. 50s? Well the, well, the big one is if you want to read anything older than the 50s, you have to know traditional. Yes. But, but, um, but that, that's just kind of flat. But the... Um, but also, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the traditional, uh, when they simplified the characters, they also eroded some of the radicals, which mm -hmm. are, so for people that don't know, Chinese characters are generally, most characters are made up of a combination of what they call radicals, which are kind of like building blocks. Mm -hmm. And so if you see like the animal building block on the left and another radical on the right, you can be pretty sure that the animal radical is showing you that this is an animal that's the meaning and then the right side is going to have some sort of sound. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, the sounds have morphed over 2,000 years, so it's not completely accurate. Yeah, it doesn't always. But like when you're reading this character, you could say, okay, I don't know what animal this is, but I can see that this is like a, an animal that's called huli or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can look up in the dictionary or you can learn that word and you know, okay, even if you don't know what specific animal that is, for context purposes, you can usually keep reading the paragraph. It's yeah. not like a completely unknown thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, these are things that you just can't do with other languages that you don't have those hints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so if you know the traditional radicals, they're actually kind of more pure to the original mm -hmm. writing that was, that was older than the uh, simplified ones are, where sometimes they messed with the radicals a bit. Yeah, and I... I find them very beautiful. Mm -hmm. I am also a little afraid yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm still having difficulty with the simplified. Yeah, I, I learned simplified all throughout college and all throughout my education. And, and in practice, if you get to a higher level with simplified, mm -hmm. if you wind up going to like a karaoke or like say a Chinatown in America where mm -hmm. it's mostly in traditional or you go to Hong Kong, um, or you go to Taiwan, to Taiwan, then you you wind up being able through context to basically say, okay, that's got to be that character. Like, mm -hmm. you know, even if you don't know it like well enough to write it yourself, you'll be able to recognize it. And that's why I said like the reading is a good use of like learning Chinese. Wherever you are in the world, you can learn how to read because um, you don't need to um, like, you know, once you know how to read the character, you can read the character. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're speaking, then it, you get into like slang and accents and all that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> like the difference between yeah. watching a show uh, in Beijing and then recently, um, yeah. this has been very funny. I've gotten my whole family yeah. into watching Chinese dramas. Oh, that's great. We've been watching. What do you watch? <laughs> uh, so I mostly watch Chinese historical dramas, but my husband loves rom-coms. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten into Taiwanese rom-coms. So that's imagine funny. 
he knows absolutely zero Chinese.、Mm. But now he's walking around the house going, "Wei shema, wei shema, or or you、uh, or what's a like, guy shema, guy shema." So、he、funny. is, and I'm like, do you know what you're mean? What you're saying?、And、he's like, yeah, I know what these two words mean. And he's、yeah. he is not learning Chinese, but he's so funny. So we're it's Office Girls on Netflix. The Office, that's it's funny. It's a really it's a、really、good, good show. That's that's fun. Yeah, I, I definitely I feel like、um, I need to keep up with the new shows because one of the things I found is that when because I actually worked in television when I was in China,、mm-hmm. and then when I found out when I started working in television, I would watch less television because I was like、mm-hmm. I was focused on my show. <laughs> I don't know if it's、yeah. it's it's from 2011. It's oh, it's a, it's a ways back. So yeah, so I missed a lot of shows.、Mm. But we had,、uh, I remember we had、um, back when I was writing on effectively like SNL China, we would have these like guests that were like Taiwanese pop stars or like TV stars or movie stars、mm-hmm. from back in the day or Hong Kong stars, and、um, and I didn't know any of them. <laughs> yeah,、so、it was like it was. It was a weird thing, like you know, you think like, oh, if we have a guest on, if I'm a writer on SNL, I'm gonna know who the guest is, and it's like, well, I didn't. Everyone else did. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of them I knew. There was a, they had Sun Yang, the swimmer, on.、Um, he was like a swimmer. He competed against Mike, Michael Phelps, and、okay. so I actually wrote a sketch where like I would play Michael Phelps, but like it's really funny because like he's like a tall, lanky swimmer, yeah, and、uh, I'm like not, but I would be the only white yeah, guy in the、exactly. cast, so it's like. People would like, is that better or worse? In the、mm-hmm. end, unfortunately, Michael Phelps got cut from that sketch. Although we did get it on the air,、um, but the、uh, there's a lot of fun TV shows, and so yeah, if you're learning Chinese, it's a great way to do it. Like just yeah, get the、mm-hmm. ear practice. Although then、um, mm-hmm. my my teacher would then.、Uh, Because I I knew some words only from historical dramas,、mm. so I'd go, oh, I know that word, or like,、yeah. oh, this word sounds like like.、Uh, Your teacher is like, stop referring to yourself as this concubine. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 it's not appropriate. That's just say what, just say yeah, me. Yeah, what? Yeah, 本切 like, no, 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 like you gotta be catty about it. <laughs> no, she.、Uh, I would make I would make her laugh so much because. Uh, uh, So it's a one shot. The the word for for afternoon or night. Yeah. Wan shan. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Sounds like huang shan. Oh, huang shan. And、yeah. she's like, we never use this word. I'm、yeah. like, I can imagine. We yeah, don't use、yeah. the word king often in English. Yeah, exactly. But they say that word so frequently. Emperor. Yeah. Huang. Emperor. Exactly. Yeah. So she got a kick out of it, and I liked making her laugh. There's definitely like one of those things where like you'll learn these really. It, it's like, I remember in the early days of learning a language, you're like, I'm a level one or level two speaker, but I know a couple level six words that exactly, are like that are like、exactly. not, people are like, why do you know whatever transmogrification? Like what did you like? Yeah, what, it's what, like what why did, did you? Even, oh, it was in my anime. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So,、um, but that's that's part of the fun. I think that the、um, you know I always very much encourage people to learn language and. It's it's funny because I think to some degree, in order to learn a language well, you have to you have to want to learn it, which means you, you need have to, to have find some. It interesting. You have to find it interesting, and you have to find there has to be some sort of goal, whether it's reading, you know, text you might not have otherwise had, or watching、mm-hmm. a show and enjoying it. But at the same time, if you're learning it for extremely practical purposes, like you, I want to know it for these reasons. Usually, those people burn out. Yeah. Because it's like it's it's you don't it's, have the love in it. You have the yeah. You don't have the love in it, and so it's like it's it's funny. Like I know so many people that have tried to learn Chinese, and the people I know who are the best at Chinese speaking that are not native speakers are almost always artists, creators, performers, actors,、mm-hmm. writers,、um, the people who really care about like it. Even though it's a silly, I want to make a silly music video. Well, I have to write it. Like, you know, yeah, I, exactly. I, like, you know, I、no、need to know how to. No one's gonna make, like, you know, make a you know Chinese version of a Lonely Island music video except for me. Like,、uh-huh. I need to, I need to figure out how to do this and pull it off. So, and did it feel like there was like <laughs> just this wall in front of you from what you wanted? Because there's like that's how I feel. Where there's so many books on Hanfu. Oh yeah. There's so many books on all of this stuff I want to know. None of it is translated into yeah. English. Yeah. And this is one of the cooler things, and why I really like Chinese, even though, and maybe because China has been so isolated from the West, is、mm-hmm. like, you know, in it, it feel like I took Spanish in high school. But I always kind of felt like if there was something really important that needed to be translated, there would be ten thousand translators that are better than me that are very easy to find,、mm-hmm. and also just culturally, Spanish culture to、um, like you know American culture is not as big of a leap. 
And so as the translator, it's more of like, okay, there, there's kind of closer to a right answer. Um, whereas with Chinese culture, it's like, yeah, if I, I wanted to learn Xiangsheng, the traditional Chinese comedy, mm -hmm. outside of a couple master's theses that were written and I managed to get my hands on and a couple web articles, mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything that you could read in English about, about that. Mm -hmm. And it's not because there wasn't anything to be said. Yeah. It was just that, that nobody had taken their time to do it because in order to do it, you need to be a highly skilled translator. And if you're a highly skilled translator, you're basically going to have to do it for fun if you're going to translate something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's like there's there's barely... And like what if, I've been reading the translations of the Condor Heroes. Mm. I don't know what that's called in Chinese. But um, very, very popular trilogy that um, a lot of movies are based off of. Mm -hmm. um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon yep. is based off of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, wow, these are like new books coming out of China? No, they were written in the 50s, but yeah. they are, they've only been translated now. They're phenomenal. Mm. I'm having so much fun reading them. Yeah, I think this is part of the, um, you know, part of the, 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 the ultimate goal of a lot of my work, both the work I did in China and the work I do here, is I want to be able to help bridge this gap. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if people were reading more of each other's books and watching more of each other's shows and everything, mm -hmm. That's not going to save the world, but it's going to be a it's going to put a little bit of break on some craziness. People are going to say, "Oh, those people over there, blah 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 You're blah." You're going to see more people over there are just drinking yeah. tea, yeah, watching popcorn flicks, yeah, going to the movies, drinking boba, yeah, exactly. And I think dinner. that, and I think that in the West, uh, especially in America, we kind of take for granted that by making no effort, American culture will go everywhere. And, and yeah. it's like, and, and, and in general, that's been true. And China has mm -hmm. been one of the few exceptions because they've basically closed off. Mm. But it's not that it's any less important to be able to share the American culture there too. Um, so they don't have the, the, the counter, you know, mm. the counter thing. They say, oh, Americans, oh, they all drink coffee. No one gives a crap about Chinese culture. It's like, no, there are a lot of tea drinkers here. And, the more, and if, if you were just able to get to get some more of that information translated, mm -hmm. Um, then people would really enjoy it. So also, there's a lot of Chinese Americans yep. here. Yep. And so there's a lot of, and the Chinese Americans are oftentimes a bridge between these things. Culturally, it's interesting because language-wise, most Chinese Americans speak pretty decent Chinese, either Mandarin or Cantonese. Mm. But culture-wise, if they didn't grow up in China, they may not know anything more about Chinese textiles than. than the next person. Yeah, yeah. But they would have the tools to be able to be a part of that. And so mm -hmm. it's it's part of this um it's part of this in between us. Whereas we have that advantage as Americans having these people in our country, whereas like there are very few people like me, they're like whatever American Chinese or whatever. It's yeah. not even a thing. Mm -hmm. They don't have that concept. Mm -hmm. And so it's um it's it's definitely part of the the uh, cultural exchange that needs to be done. But we got a couple minutes left. I wanted to talk a little bit just more about the the tea company and are there any customer emails that you got or customer interactions that have really stuck with you in a, in a good way, hopefully? <laughs> customer interactions that have stuck with me. Well, there was the one that you made a video mm. about where someone was using tea to aid in his recovery. Mm. And I remember sending you that email and going like, hey, look, this is a very... I, I always mm. forward any like heartfelt emails mm -hmm. aimed at you to you to yeah. read um and then you made that video and you sent him the tea and that was wonderful mm. um a lot of customer interactions it's it's hard to think of them as customer interactions mm. because they're just like i'm just talking on the discord with people yeah and people are going oh my goodness i tried this tea and i thought this tea would be my favorite but it ended up being Red tea, like like oh. all of those things. Like I went in expecting this, and I just found out this, and just that joy. I love people being excited about things, and yeah. I could hear like there's. Um, I have friends where I'll just call them up, and I'll just like tell me what you found interesting today. Yeah, I love that. So um, we do that a lot on the Discord. A lot of people will just talk about what tea they found exciting. How they brewed it a different way. Mm. I'm, <laughs> I like to be called the queen of cold brew on the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like it, we joke because I make jugs of the stuff all day. Mm. Um, but also, a lot of people who come to the Discord 
find that like oh my goodness wait you cold brew it and mm. that feels like like you're disrespecting it i'm like mm. no I, I like to drink it cold it. sometimes it's actually the um it's i think it's less you and more that i don't make enough videos of the cold brew so people kind of have this feeling of, oh he never does it so oh, it's yeah. probably wrong but well, also no, no, in no. china a lot of people drink like yeah. hot water in versus china cold. they drink hot drinks and so it's it's not very traditional to do a cold brew but it, it's like you know it's like Chinese yeah. people drink Coca-Cola too. If you go to like a supermarket or whatever, they're gonna have a they're gonna have like drinks in the cabinet, yeah. and people will drink cold brew, whatever, um, you know, tea, sodas. Like people drink cold stuff. It's not like they're like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, no. And most of the time, it's just the extra after drinking tea with hot water, and it's like, oh, I don't really feel like hot tea anymore. But mm -hmm. there's still the the, the, the tea energy is still, yeah, yeah, in the tea, and I don't mm. want to waste it. Yeah. You know? So that's, I think it's, again, one of the benefits of getting the actually good tea. Because if you make a tea bag, you make it once, it may not even be that good that one time, but you're probably not even going to be able to re-steep it a second time. You certainly can't do, like, you know, we've made Multiple, maybe yeah. five, six, seven steeps of this. If you were to cold brew it, there is plenty of energy still left in there to be mm -hmm. able to cold brew it again. And, and I like... Listeners, if you ever uh, meet Jesse in person mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have the wonderful opportunity mm -hmm. for him to make tea for you, mm -hmm. eat beforehand. Oh, yeah. Did you not eat? <laughs> no, I did. I told you. Okay, good. No, I did. I, I had like, breakfast. I asked whether you were, whether you had eaten before. Yeah, but you I don't want to I did last time uh, when we met in the radio station. I yeah. hadn't eaten. Oh, no. And we had like 12 cups of oolong. Oh, God. I was buzzing on yeah, the train. You really do need to eat before mm -hmm. you drink tea. It's, you know, have tea on, on a, on, even if not a full stomach, something in there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that's very was, important. I just thought it was funny. Very important. Yeah, especially because, you know, drink tea with me. Like, you know, I'm going to make a lot of tea. You'll you just know. pour, you'll just keep pouring. I'll just keep until, pouring until yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, so interactions with the customers have been good. In what ways have you been kind of surprised or, or learned something maybe from, from your work so far at the tea house? Um, just everything about tea. I didn't know anything about tea before. I knew about customer service, mm. and that's how I pitched it to you was, hey, I've been in customer service a long time. Mm -hmm. I can help with that. But I wanted to know tea for the job because people were asking questions and um so then i just tried a bunch of different teas and then that helped me meet friends at um physical tea shops mm. and now i can taste the difference also finding out that all tea came from the same plant yeah i didn't know that in well, the all beginning. the tea all the tea leaf tea like you know it's and it's tricky in in english because anything steeped in hot water we basically call tea yeah. as a shorthand mm -hmm. but the tea plant is is a specific Camellia plant. sinensis. Yeah, so like the um the actual like tea plant when you have tea tea um, it all does come from the same plant but you can produce an amazing variety of flavor depending on how that plant is processed and yeah. is it aged is it not aged you know what do they do to it how long do you steep it that that sort of stuff it can create a lot of uh, depth to it. So I always find I'm attracted to those sort of things. And comedy is the same way. We're like on the surface, it seems very smooth and and natural, but mm -hmm. underneath there's a lot of depth. And and making a small change at a small part of the work really changes the comedy routine. Making a small change in when you pick the tea or how you process the tea creates a big change in the um, in the end result. And I, I just always found some sort of like very deep beauty in those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Like it makes sense to me that if you make a big change, you're gonna have a big reaction. Yeah. It's not as clear when you make a small change that there's gonna be a big reaction. Mm -hmm. But that kind of like appeals to me in the sense that like, as human beings, it's really hard to make a big change in anything. You know, mm. it's like one of the things I liked about living in China at the era that I was there was it really did feel like, you know, hey, if I do a good job with these improv shows and, and or with these comedy shows and inspire other comedians, like I could be a part of building the whole of the Chinese comedy scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And having that little action at the beginning of the of the river, you know, changes the direction of the river as it goes down the mountain. And it does feel it does feel a little bit like this, like we're at the, the ground level of of the tea of gong yeah. fu tea yeah. in oh, America. Oh yeah, I really feel that. I mean, like, from a business perspective, you might say, "Well, let's wait until tea's time has come, and then we'll get into it." But I'm not, you know, I I wasn't into tea for business, and even now, like, I'm we try to run the tea as a profitable company. But the point is to do good tea and mm -hmm. get good customers and help people enjoy their tea journey. But I really feel like tea is gonna is gonna be bigger, and I think that the, um, you know, these. These the first people that are the you know type of people listening to the podcast, the type of people that are watching the the videos, like, are really in on it, 
it, it, it looks very, very clear to me like it's going to be a bigger thing. Um, it, yeah, it just feels it's like... It's so it, much better. It's like, it's a very superior, like, it's a, it's a superior way of making tea. And I'm not even saying that culturally, like, the tea is better. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the tea is a higher quality, but also just... I just completely mm. forgot. Um, mm -hmm. No, but it's, um, it's, it's more than just the tea even. It's like, you know, it's the, it's the social aspect. It's yeah. the... It's the respect for the ingredients. It, mm -hmm. I mean, that even ties back into environmentalism. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we're looking for ways of being able to engage not just more with the sister eye and her tea plant, but like, what if we can engage with that village? What if we can engage with that region? Mm -hmm. You know, these um, these connections, the tea is kind of the the magnet that pulls people together, but, you know, the, the, the people are doing the work. And so the, the tea is really one of these things that, um, you know, I, I, you know, we're, we're about an hour in the podcast. I can't mm -hmm. go on a 10 minute rant on colonialism, but like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's like, you know, there's a we lot both, of, we, that's a yeah. podcast. <laughs> but the, um, there's a lot of stuff that was, um, vanished from the, the traditions of what we eat and drink mm -hmm. for the purpose of literally, sometimes you can find one entrepreneur from England who wanted to make money a certain type of way. Exactly. And it's like, so that's why this tea is grown there. Like, you know, it's not a coincidence that the former British colonies are the biggest tea producers in the in the world mm -hmm. it was more profitable for the British to grow it there doesn't necessarily mean the tea is bad there they picked areas where you can grow good tea mm -hmm. but like this was not a, um, a natural uh, way of, of doing tea and so in some ways I feel like you know coming back into a world where you know uh, like how do we get back into a more natural state of things? It's all still recovering from colonialism. Yeah. How do we live in a world where there is a powerful and prosperous China, but we can all live together? Exactly. Because the whole world was like that for the last 2,000 years before the 1800s. Mm -hmm. At virtually any point in history, you could go and say China is one of the most, if not the most advanced civilizations in the world. Mm -hmm. If there's not a, a repressive force or a, you know war, Mm -hmm. We should expect that China will be a player in things going forward, and and that doesn't necessarily mean there has to be conflict. Yeah. Um, and similarly, you know, for China to recognize as well that like you know just because you know th they shouldn't be like oh we're never going to drink coffee because we're Chinese like that's the wrong way also you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know so I think that those the tea is a getting the tea right. If you get the tea right, you get a lot of other things right mm -hmm. also. And the barrier for entry is so low. Yeah. Like when it comes to hobbies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I honestly like what, like I'm glad that I'm doing the tea now. One thing that I wish was easier was to get my Chinese comedy across to people better because it's just like, oh, the jokes kind of don't translate as well or mm -hmm. it's, you know, subtitling is a mess. And mm -hmm. with the tea, it is very simple. It's like, I'll tell you how to make it and you can make it. And then you're part of this as well. And then you can choose how far in down the rabbit hole. You exactly. <laughs> also the fact just that the word tea mm. is only, only ever two words. It's either cha mm. or tea mm -hmm. based. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a basis for, Hey, have you tried this? Like, yeah. so either chai, cha, tea, mm -hmm. tea, yeah depending on um, mm -hmm. the language that you speak um it's, everyone has some sort of basis for oh i have something similar to that yeah. i can identify it with. went all over the world and it's um it's one of those things that kind of ties people together so and i feel like that's something that's really needed in in you know our modern days whether it's people actually physically having tea together or even just listening to the podcast and being part of a greater community that's digital. Mm -hmm. But like it, it, it's one of those things that brings people together rather than pushing them apart, which I think I was one of the reasons why I, I kept drinking tea as more than just a beverage after, you know, mm -hmm. after I left China. Yeah. So very cool. We're running out of time, but I want to thank you for, for coming. Um, is there anything else you want to share with the, the audience as you know, the person behind the scenes that, you know, you know, stop sending me this email or whatever. No. <laughs> no. Um, I honestly just like being behind mm. the scenes and supporting everyone having really nice, really nice tea journeys. Like we just want everyone to have a good experience with tea and it's quite easy to do that with my job. So mm. I hope everyone keeps enjoying tea, keeps trying new tea, has like the the ability the i mean the willingness to try new ones and open up and learn but i just like being behind the scenes just going jayo yeah jayo jayo and, and again thank you for your work um you know 
not just uh, as a customer service person, but you know, the company is very small. And so the, the vibe, having a healthy vibe in the company is important. And if you were really good at answering emails, but hard to work with, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so it's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to be able to work with you and making the tea house a place for people to enjoy. And um, I'll definitely, next every time I'm in New York, I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, we'll thank figure you. this out, we'll have more tea. So thank you all so much uh, for listening. If you are interested in, uh, if you had a good time, you made it this, this far into the podcast, you're exactly the type of person who should be subscribed. So <laughs> subscribe to the, uh, the, the Tea House podcast. And of course, um, we have video channels. So if you search Tea Time with Jesse on all the major video platforms, we're there as well to show you video versions of most of the interviews uh, and uh, you know highlighted versions of the whole podcast, shorts, all that sort of stuff. We're working really hard to make sure that you can kind of get the, the tea content in the way that's good for you. So uh, thank you all again. Thank you, Angel, for, for schlepping up to Jersey City for the yeah, interview. Thank you. And if you're yeah. on Discord, I'm Bog Body. Feel free to say hi. Yes, exactly. And if you're not on the Discord and you want to join, I think the easiest way is to go to the Instagram. I have a pinned story on my Instagram, on Jesse's Tea House on Instagram. There should be a join the Discord pinned story on the main page. Mm. And that'll have a link to the Discord. Um, and uh, we all, we actually really encourage people to get onto the Discord mm -hmm. because it's a great tea community. We have almost 2,000, I think over 2,000 people that are on that server now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, obviously not all on at the same time, but yeah. um, but we have a lot of really well-engaged people there. And it's um, we have you know regional areas. If you're from LA, if you're from Toronto, if you're from Singapore, whatever it is. And it's very easy to ask questions if. If yep. you don't know the answers to stuff, you might get answers from your fellow tea friends. Yes, exactly. So thank you again, Angel, and uh, have a good day, everybody. Enjoy your tea, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye-bye.